0: again and welcome to Clock Talk with Dr. Greg Brennan. Today we're going to talk about the thyroid. So doctor, how are you? Fantastic, Jim. Let's talk about thyroid and first and foremost, what is it and what does it do?
1: Yeah, first and foremost, the the key of this whole talk clock, guys, I hope it inspires people these 15 minutes to go be their own researcher, but we want to summarize things today. But bottom line is this, thyroid, we hear about my thyroid's off, I'm heavy. My thyroid's off, I'm brain fog. Why? Thyroid is the key for our, our metabolism, called basal metabolism rate, and every single cell in the body needs T3 to turn on a an organelle called mitochondria, and mitochondria's function is to turn oxygen into energy. So it is crucially important for us. In fact, we have a, we have a diagram here of how it works. So the top of it, part, there's two parts of the brain. The other one up here, Bill, the Bill. <laughs> Sorry about that, uh, Jim. Uh, our hypothalamus is part of the brain down to what's called the anterior pituitary. of have two lobes there. The anterior pituitary is we're going to focus on that. That's the control cell of the body that has six hormones. We're going to focus on thyroid today. So it was called the uh, thyroid-releasing hormone from the hypothalamus releases the TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone. Picture a bow tie here. That's what that shit thyroid is. In the corners of each of those bow ties, by the way, is called the parathyroid gland, which controls um, calcium. I'm not talking about that today. But that bow tie so that tsh stimulates the thyroid to make four five hormones actually t0 t1 t2 t3 t4 and what what they do is you need iodine to make that you need selenium for it to all form the different structures but the numbers the t0 to t4 is based about how many iodine molecules we have so the next slide here will show the actual hormones themselves and these symptoms show the labs we look for. So the TSH in the brain again makes the phones sort we're of going to focus on T4 and T3. T4 is what's called a pro hormone that turns into T3. So the thyroid releases the two major hormones in an 80%, four to one ratio, T4 to T3. Why is that? So the T3, the 20% they release, is already working. The T4 over time will go peripherally and convert. So that's keeping every cell working. And then when that that works, we have to say, that's great. The body's functioning great. But what happens when it doesn't work? And over here are the ranges we're looking for. So TSH is the brain. The government says anything under 4.7, I like it under 1. T4, I want over 1.1. T3, I want over 3.4. Here's what's very important. T4 becomes T3 and reverse T3. They're called isomers or enantiomers. They're mirror image of each other. By just rotating where the iodine is, it makes it active, turns it off, okay? (laughs) Then TPO, uh, that's a enzyme called uh, thyroid peroxidase that actually helps convert the formation of this hormone. And then you have TGA, which is a molecule thyroid uh, globulin antigen that actually carries it around. When those are attacked, when those are attacked, that's called an antibody. I didn't put an antibody in front of them. That's what I'm looking for. When they're attacked, that's called Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. I'll go over the, the theory in a moment. Mitochondria is another um, organelle which in the cell. When that gets attacked, that antibody goes up to it in a hyperthyroid called Graves' disease. That's not as specific as the other ones because uh, other... Issues can actually cause that increase in antibody, primarily uh, primary biliary cirrhosis. But it's a nice thing to grab at it, and then ferritin is very important. That's the iron stores in the body, and iron B is actually the the cofactor that is important for the TPO to do its work. So those are the ranges we're looking for. Optimal ranges. So, if somebody has Hashimoto's, what would their numbers look like? Beautiful. Hashimoto's would be a hypothyroid. So, the TSH would be higher. The higher the TSH is, I mean, the brain is trying to turn this on, the lower it's working. So, that's one thing you're seeing you see a high that. The next thing you're going to see is you'll see the T4, T3 be low. So, the thyroid gland itself is low, but the brain is high. But why? This is very interesting. Why is that happening? A lot of endocrinologists do not believe in this called, it's called leaky gut, but it really, the data seems to be supported. You have your gut, picture brick and mortar, and you have your bricks with your mortar in between them and your gut. When that mortar gets weak, it actually will start sliding open. There's two molecules, they're called zonulin and ocular. They can actually measure those in blood. So, when they're high, that means they're out of the mortar. That's giving spaces for bad molecules, uh, certain dairy molecules, but primarily the gluten molecule. The gluten molecule can then, we go its way through there. Now the, it's in the bloodstream or into the lymphatic system. The body sees this gluten molecule, and does its job. Will attack it. But here's the key, Joe Jim, is the moieties within the um, gluten, uh, within the antibody, within the gluten uh, gluten molecule cross-react with those two. So you're going to see a high TPO and or a high TGA. That's why it's called autoimmune Hashimoto hypothyroidism. And then tell us about Graves. Graves' disease is where you're going to have not, mitochondria will be high and the TSH will be extremely low, the brain, because the thyroid is pumping out. Here's what happens. The antibody that attacks the mitochondria also cross-reacts and turns on the production of T3. That's it. I, uh, we have Dr. Brownstein on one of our podcasts a couple of years ago. He's a World famous thyroid doctor, and he considers a spectrum because I have antibodies for both. I have antibodies for both low and high. How does that work? It's which one dominates it. And the reason why is, Jim, is Hopkins did the debate that says no to this. He wrote a paper 60 years ago saying, don't give Hashimoto patients iodine. And his 34 years' experience and my experience is just the opposite. The thyroid needs iodine to be healthy. I think we have a picture of that next. Yeah, beautiful. The conversion of this. The green are all the iodines. So, how much iodine do we need for this to be made? Good question. Iodine. What is iodine first? It's called a halogen. So for those people that remember their, their chemistry class, the periodic table over to the right is a thing called a halogens. And why they're all in the same row is because another molecule look at them sees the outside of them. They don't know the size of it per se, but the outside orbits are the same. First one's fluoride, the smallest. Then you have chlorine, bromine, iodine, and a statin. But it's very interesting, all those are hazardous or poisons to our body except for iodine. So the iodine has to compete in our body to get to the receptor. So we know that iodine needs about three milligrams a day to saturate that. In America 50, 60 years ago, we ate roughly between uh, 25 and 30 milligrams of iodine a day. Today the FDA recommends 120 micrograms, so roughly 200 times less. We have much more thyroid disease, but here's a real kicker we have. Breast cancer was like 1 in 25, 1 in 26, 50, 60 years ago. And that's 1 in 6. Japan still eats the higher dose of iodine. Their breast cancer still rate is that 1 in 25. And their disease of the thyroid is much less than ours. I think that they did it out of cost. I think bromine cheaper put in our food. So, we have this competition. So, the bottom line is when iodine's at an optimal level, it will saturate that. Beautiful. Then this is how the, the breast protection theory is. There's a, to keep gland structure, the actual structure healthy has to pump in one iodine molecule and two sodium out. out so, it needs iodine to do that. And the big one that's been phenomenal, this is all known, is that when it's higher, it forms a lipoprotein called delta iodolactone, which is a scavenger for cancer cells. So, there really is no downside being higher in iodine. And I hate the word higher. To me, it's optimal. So... With Hashimoto's or Graves, are they precursors to
0: thyroid cancer or are they just totally separate uh, conditions that have nothing to do with the thyroid cancers that seems to be increasing over time as well?
1: I think it's a combination. I won't say those, but I think the environment themselves is causing the glands because what is cancer? Cancer is when a cell does not know when to stop dividing mitosis. So I think there might be a component to that, Jim. I I do believe there's a book um, out of – Boston University says cancer is a metabolic disease, and the guy's Thomas Sagefield, That he has a great book on this. Cancer cells, regardless of the G, where they're from, only grow on fermentation, on sugar for energy. They can't use fat for energy, called beta-oxidation. So it appears that his theory, and it seems pretty good that it being a metabolic disease, means the cells get weaker the more sugars around it, so then maybe the oncogene or viruses can attack it to turn it on.
0: So let's talk about symptoms. Do you have a slide on that?
1: Yes. That's the big one there they are over to my right um hypothyroid versus hyperthyroid and again ones where you have low fuel ones where you have too much fuel and that's where they're at and when you look at coarse dry skin cold constipation because again every single cell needs to be optimal to have the optimal number on the other side they're too high nervous jumpy, jumpy, heart palpitations uh Weight loss, active with a bulging eyes, losing eyebrows on the right side is also a hypothyroidism, too. So this is important to understand these symptoms. It's a clinical look, you got to look at that. So then here's the thing, Jim, but what do we replace it with? For years we used a compound made out of pig. For some reason, the pig thyroid is the exact same structure as ours, same ratio of T1 to T4s, same exact molecules, and we use it as a compound. So remember, our body makes T4 and T3 at the same together at the same time. Well, a company uh, made Synthroid, synthetic thyroid. It's not really synthetic thyroid. It's just synthetic T4. And, and that is a very interesting, a great book called Iodine Crisis talks about this, is that the company that made that said Armour was being a compounded, was actually plus or minus 10 was outside that range and would increase heart palpitations. So Stanford did a study in that, and said actually no, it's actually superior to Synthroid in the symptoms and the, the dosing. So the company hired the University of California, San Francisco to do a study to counter that. Well, they agreed with Stanford, and they kept the it quiet for five years, so they sold the company. So all this marketing came out saying how it's bad. It's not. It's identical to ours. The, the thing about it is we need, we need the right hormone, the T4, T3. You need the right cofactors, the iodine, the selenium, the zinc, the vitamin B, the vitamin C. I think that's what makes our thyroid optimal, and I can't stress how important it is. That, along with testosterone, uh, is the fuel for every single cell in our body.
0: Some of these symptoms um, you know, on their own can be caused by a lot of other things, 100%. right? So, how do you, what's your recommendation on getting
1: your thyroid tested? Again, in America, the lab is check your TSH or T4 only. You can get it's called suboptimal where you're low T3, you don't even check it. The, the, there's Dr. Abrams, he's in Dr. Brownstein's book. He saw a, uh, in the 70s, a ratio of reverse T3 to T3 was the more predictive factor for coronary artery disease. Okay. This is how important it is. So I think a full panel of labs is the most important. Then you can actually look at it. There's symptoms again, jury people, hyper people, belly fat, things like that. Yes, they occur with a lot of things, Jim, but you can't really evaluate a machine. unless they have the right fuel in it. That's why I think it's important to know what these labs are. Just like we talked before in our, in our other t- clock talks and hormones is that it's a sick population getting these numbers. Same thing here, Jim. These numbers are, when you get all these blood levels, where do they get these blood levels from? From us. And if we have low iodine, we have um, you know uh, environmental factors causing this, these values aren't going to matter. That's why I think it's important to understand symptoms of hyper uh, treatment with palpitations to see those symptoms. But the best thing, Jim, is my symptoms are gone. The numbers are guideposts. They're guideposts. They're not absolutes. That's why it's important to understand that.
0: I mean, one of these uh, signs is the slowing of ankle jerk. Um, very unusual, obviously.
1: What yeah. does that mean? Well, T3 is crucial for brain axion development. So if you have the patella nerve not being weak, you're going to see that. You're going to be a very slow reflex. A slow reflex is a sign of hypothyroidism. Eyebrows being lost outside the hair called heathrow eyebrows.
0: Um, let's expand it a little bit more on armor and on Synthroid. Okay. Um, you know, I'm sure you talked a little bit about it from a scientific standpoint, but armor – why is it different?
1: Okay. Again, back to the whole idea with Optimal Bio that we love. We like to replace the endogenous molecule with this, cl- not close, but the exact one it can, right? The exact sh- 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 get, get. shape equals function equals uh, elimination. All goes together. So, we got the compounding from from PIG years before we had Situate invented. So, that was the best one goes back to my head again what is synthroid it's just t4 it's not t0 t1 t2 t3 t4 so i want to limit i want to do that the problem i can't i'm not here to beat it up i believe it was marketing jim that said this one pill's easier and they made it like a one shop one size fits all and it isn't and you look at actually what's inside these kind of things so you have you have your your synthroid that's the levox over there some have dye. some have gluten some have lactose what if you're lactose intolerant what if you're not these are important to understand so, when you, when you look at it, I want to. This is where cofactors are crucial. If you just have the molecule itself without the cofactors, you're not getting the full potential of what that can do.
0: Thyroid seems to be a very important gland in your body. How can you live without it?
1: You don't. You're dead. Well, you're not, because I know a lot of people that have gotten their thyroid. No, 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 no. You're dead. They replaced it with other hormones, right? They replaced it. So, the, the actual molecules they make themselves, right? And when you remove this for thyroid cancer, we don't say, we wish you well and see you later. You're going to die. Okay. Your brain will stop. Your heart will stop. All that stuff stops. But what you do is they replace it. The problem in the gym is you take this gland out. We might talk about the parathyroid. You got to worry about your calcium as well, because they're in the thyroid as well. When they do that surgery, they try to, they're really small. Try to save them. But if you do, if you take an organ out that makes five hormones, and you replace it with one. That's not optimal. That's the problem. You want to replace it with what you what you made. And then for the cofactors, they work at the peripheral level because a lot of these cofactors, and I know they're here to make the thyroid. They're going to you know when the thyroid's gone, but they're also used peripheral with the T four converts to T uh, T four converts to T three reverse T three.
0: As always, you're efficient. You still have twenty seconds left. Any other advice for the audience?
1: The advice is don't don't let your symptoms be. Make sure they'll fall through. Do your research. I recommend Brownstein's two books, Thyroid Disorder and Iodine, and a good book called Iodine Crisis. That's what I recommend. Educate.
0: Right on time. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you.